Good morning, friends. You've tuned into Faith Communications of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. We're delighted that you joined us today. Our hope is that today's message will help you to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. As we listen to today's message, keep in mind that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Now let's go right into today's broadcast. wonderful. You are mighty. You are wonderful. Surely you have read in my word that my mercy endures forever and my goodness extends to the heights of the heavens and descends to the lower places on this earth. Surely my goodness never changes. My hand has never been withdrawn. And so this is a season and this is a time to fully embrace, to walk in the light in, to rejoice, and to be exceeding glad for God and His mercy have been freely extended to you and through you to the world at this season and at this time. So let your light shine brightly. Let it not be dimmed. Let not this world frame or shape or mold your countenance or your spirit but let my light shine brightly in you and through you saith the Lord thank you thank you Lord for your word the word of God says In 1 John, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. The life was manifested, and we have seen, and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life, which was the Father and was manifested to us that which we have seen and heard we declare to you that you may also have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. As we were worshiping, the Lord showed me 
showed me my current state. Um, I'm totally okay for you all to know that <laughs> because I know that there's so many out there in the same state. And he said, share. And if you've watched The Incredibles, so this is super spiritual. You watch The Incredibles and the teenage daughter, her superpower, she can create this bubble of protection in an instant. When she sees when she sees a threat coming, she just stops and she can go like this and it's this bubble of protection and whatever's being thrown at her, whatever's coming at her cannot reach her. And sometimes I just feel compressed and I feel an attack of the enemy and it comes from all directions and I feel it pressing I feel it pressing and the Lord showed me today you were never unprotected mm. you're never unprotected and he showed me light light within this and darkness pressing all around and oftentimes I think what have I done what am I not doing how do I fix this more time in the word what is off and he told me today I'm with you I'm for you and your heart is good and it's for me. My heart is for him, is looking to him. And he showed me all of this pressure in one moment and in one instant. Rose up. Hallelujah. Rose up and the darkness dispelled. Hallelujah. It, it fleed in a hundred different directions and light went out. And it was not of me. That's it right. was him. It was him. If you are feeling pressure. Yes. <laughs> if you are feeling darkness mm. and attacks of the enemy and they are putting pressure on you. He is surrounding you as a shield. His favor right. surrounds you as a shield. Yes. Yes. His righteousness is your righteousness. His power mm. is within you. And he will dispel the darkness. Hallelujah. As we stand. Hallelujah. He showed me I was down like this. Yes. No, stand. Yes. Stand. Yes. He is with you. Yes. And he is for you. Hallelujah. And the theme every time I come up here is you are never alone. Amen. You are not without power. Amen. You are not without Amen. hope. You are not alone. Right. Week after week. He, he compels me to come up here and tell you, you are not alone. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Church, that's, there's been two words for us this morning already. And I'm going to ask if any of you here this morning feels that darkness, that pressure that comes not from him, but from this world and the enemy, I want you to slip your hand up because there is victory in Jesus this morning. And we're going to pray for you right where you are this morning. There will be victory. The light will shine. And the Bible says that the enemy has to flee many ways. Many ways. So if that's you this morning, just slip your hand up. I'm not going to ask you to come up, but I want to pray for you. Anyone else? I see hands up all over. Come on, church. Heavenly Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your light. I thank you that you have broken the power of darkness and it shall no longer be a part of our lives. 
Darkness must flee in Jesus' name. Oppression must flee in Jesus' name. Depression must flee in Jesus' name. Every evil thing that sets itself up against us shall not prosper, for you are for us and you are not against us. Because of you, we are more than conquerors. Because of you, Heavenly Father, we will be light to this world. And I thank you now that darkness is being broken all over this place. Every hand that was raised, even those who didn't raise their hands, in the name of Jesus, darkness is broken. It can no longer stay. And each and every one of us will walk in the light that you have for us. We thank you for your light. We thank you for who you are. We thank you, Father, that because of you we are more than conquerors. Because of you we are new creation in Christ. Because of you we are delivered from all of our sins. Because of you we are more than conquerors. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, you have made us ambassadors for you. Thank you, Father, that we will be the light of the world. And we thank you that the enemy is fleeing now. He has no right to be in this place. And so we tell him now, in the name of Jesus, go! Go! You must go. We thank you for it. We thank you for it. We worship you, Lord. Let's just worship him. Thank you. Let's just worship him this morning, church. Thank Him for the victory. Thank You that Jesus has won the victory. Great is Your faithfulness. Great is Your faithfulness. Lord, you are good and your mercies endure forever. Heavenly Father, as we close this time of worshiping you, we thank you for your power that changes our lives. We thank you that we will not leave here the same as we came. But that darkness is fleeing all around us. And whenever we walk, wherever we go, your light will shine. And your victory will be won. We thank you for all these things. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen? Amen, Amen, church. Let's give the Lord a hand this morning. I love it when he ministers to us. He cares for us, church. Turn around and... Greet somebody, say hello, and say, he cares for you today. Thank God for Jesus. Amen. Well, um, you may have may remember that last week we told you about special, special guest that we were going to have uh, to come and visit with us, and uh, they came yesterday, and we had a wonderful time with our, our guests. They're from Saudi Arabia, and you know, the Bible talks about uh, opening our homes and uh, reminds Israel that at one time they were 
strangers and sojourners, and they were sort of the outsiders. And it encourages us, you know, to open our hearts and our homes to people. And um, so do we have, I think we've got a couple of pictures here. There's one by the Christmas tree. There's me and uh, Hussein and his lovely wife, Fatima, and their two beautiful children. And um, we were privileged to host them. I think we have another picture also uh, at Pam's lovely Christmas tree. And uh, in fact, uh, Hussein kept uh, asking us about different things, and he asked us about the pergola outside, and and uh, he just he he commended me on my lovely wife. <laughs> And I told him, I said, well, you know, the Bible says he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor of the Lord. And he said, well, you sure got it. So, <laughs> but we, we had a wonderful time. And just, you know, just to encourage you, they said to us, they've been here since February, and they're going through an academic program in Ohio. Uh, they're both teachers. And they told us, they said, uh, we we are so incredibly blessed uh, for to be in an American home on a holiday. They said this is the first time that we've been into an American home, and uh, so we had absolutely a lovely time with them. They live right in the middle of Saudi Arabia. They showed us pictures of their home. Uh, Paul, we showed them some new building techniques with spray foam insulation, and uh, but you know it's it's. It's a small world. You, when you get to know people, people are the same throughout the world. They love their children. You know, they have dreams. And uh, we unashamedly, you know, uh, talked, to, talked about Jesus and our life and what we did. And uh, they absolutely love Pennsylvania. They said, we don't understand it. They live in Ohio. They said, when we come to Pennsylvania, we feel like we're home. I said, well, God bless you. You know, that's, God sent us here. To Pennsylvania, so it was a wonderful time, and we had our second Thanksgiving yesterday, and now we're turning the page toward Christmas. But this morning, we're going to continue to worship God through our giving. And uh, I thought, as I was preparing, if you need an envelope, you, know, you can s- slip your hand up, and one of the ushers will come by and serve you. And uh, as I was preparing this morning for this moment, I thought of First Corinthians chapter three. Verse number 11 that says, For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. And uh, one of the things that I talked with Hussein about yesterday was houses and how they built houses in Saudi Arabia and how we build them here. And I think the thing we all have in common is that we put a foundation in first and you build upon that foundation. And the Bible tells us that Jesus Christ is our foundation. And we build upon that foundation. When we come to him, we acknowledge that he is is Lord and Savior. And we accept that uh, and we acknowledge and we invite him into our life. But then we build our life upon the things that he has said to us. And, And that's what he encourages us. And he encourages us to... Seek God first in our giving. And that's what we're doing as we give this morning. I want to encourage our church congregation. You know, we're in an amazing season as a church, as we're getting ready at the end of January for formal transition of senior leadership here. 
And God has just done amazing things. We're going into a great year, great promises. And uh, so let's continue to build upon that foundation, amen, by, by giving to God what is rightfully his. Let's pray. Father, this morning, we are so blessed to have the freedom to worship you. Thank you for this great nation that we have where we can freely worship you, Father. And Father, we can, we can participate in the principle that is unfailing, the principles of sowing and reaping. Given it shall be given unto you, your word declares. As we build upon the foundation of Jesus and the word of God, as we act upon it, Father, your word tells us we should not worry or take cares upon ourselves. That, Lord, you will give and bring into our life favor and the things that we need. And so, Father, I thank it's true to gift and giver alike, Father, every one of us today, as we worship you through our giving. In Jesus' name we pray, and everyone said, Amen. Ushers. Amen. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you, Tim. Church, how are we doing this morning? Yeah? I only heard about, that's right, I only heard a couple people. How are we doing this morning? Amen. We're doing good. Praise God. Because of him, we are doing good. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, before I pray and get started in the message, there's just a couple things I want to share uh, with you uh, that happened last week. And apparently, we had a pretty good time at church here on 5900 Starantania Road. Amen? <clears throat> I heard pastor preach the paint off the walls, if they say, if that's the right thing. I heard Paul give an amazing testimony of what God did physically in his life, and he also shared the word for this church in 2019, which is provision and harvest. And I don't want you to miss that. We're going to say it over and over and over because the word for this church in your life in particular, each and every one of us, is provision and harvest. And I'm so looking forward to what God has in store for us as a church and for each and every one of you as an individual person because God's got big, big plans for every one of us in 2019. And I figured, you know, it's December 16th. I'm saying we start now. Yeah? Let's not wait till 2019. It starts now, this holiday season, and I'm looking forward to it. Well, I have a short testimony that I'd like to share from last week. Uh, Liz and I were not here. Uh, We were down at the city mission. And I just want to thank Camille, first of all. Camille, let's give Camille a hand. Between Camille and the Volkers, and there's so many people, I can't even name them all, but they have just been faithfully serving at the City Mission about four times a year on a Sunday morning, and we had the chance to participate with them and serve those much less fortunate uh, than me personally. And I'll tell you, it was a really, it was a moving experience for a lot of reasons. Uh, First and foremost, because two people gave their life to Jesus Christ. Amen? And that's why we were there, that's why we serve, that's why we love, because that foundation of love opens up their being receptive to hearing who Jesus is. And Liz made an observation that as you watch them file in, these are people who are needing food and needing help in all kinds of ways, 
as they're filing in, they come in with such an edge about them. Such an edge. A protective edge, a barrier, really, for lack of a better word, as they come in. And as, you, as they come in, as they begin to fellowship, and as we begin to say hello, and as we begin to worship and sing a few songs, and as we begin to share God's word, and Steve Buckner shared an amazing word uh, on Sunday, you see that edge start to drop. Those, they just begin to soften as they hear God's word. And I think we had about 19 people or 20 people uh, serving down there. And it was as much of a blessing to me as it was to them, seeing their lives really be changed for a moment, and then some of them for all of eternity. And the Lord put four men in my path last Sunday morning. And I can picture them now as if they're sitting right here, and I pray that someday all four of those men and their families will be sitting here or sitting anywhere in church, but I see him sitting here. And it was Mark, it was Thaddeus, it was Tyrone, and it was Harry. And those four men, God had just placed on my heart. And so I want to pray for them this morning. Can we do that together as a, as a family, as a church? Can we pray for them? Heavenly Father, we just lift up these four men to you. Father, we just intercede on their behalf right now this morning. Wherever they are, whatever they're doing, minister to them now. Maybe they're back at the city mission. Maybe they're on the street corner. Maybe they're in a cardboard box. I don't know where they are. Father, minister to them. Everyone that showed up, even today who's coming, minister to them. But Father, these four men, I am certain you placed on our church's heart for a reason. And we lift up Mark to you. We lift up Thaddeus to you. We lift up Tyrone to you. And we lift up Harry to you. May you be with them. May you lead them. May you turn their hearts toward you. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm a, it was exciting to be there. And I just was, I was moved. I still think about it quite often. So just keep that ministry in prayer, the city mission in prayer. They do a wonderful work. I just ask you to keep them in prayer. You guys ready for the Word of God this morning? You guys, are you sure? All right. All right. Are we ready? So we're starting a new series this morning, and it's called Let There Be Light. And I love that gra- graphic. Thank you, Brandy Reckett. Amazing graphic. Let there be light. And what I want to walk through is this is a perfect series coming off of the authority of the believer. Because what I want to talk about is Jesus. I want to talk about Jesus and what he did for you and me. And because of what he did for you and me, we can have this authority as a believer. We can have our lives completely transformed and changed because of Jesus. Because of what he did. You know, and the Bible says in Genesis... 1 verse 3, it says, Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. God wants light. It's amazing that this whole theme of this morning has been about light, has it not? God is the minister of light to our lives. 
You see, Jesus was born, he was crucified, he was raised from the dead, and now he sits at the right hand of the Father. He won the authority back for you and I. It's nothing that we did in our own power, it's because of him, because of Jesus and who he is. 1 John 1, through 1 verse 5 says, God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. God said, let there be light. In him, there is no darkness. And we also said in this, in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave. What did he give us? He gave us light. He gave us Jesus, who is light. He gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He gave us light. You see, God is light. God is love. He can't give you something that he is not. And he gave us Jesus. So in turn, that means Jesus is light. Is it not? So let's talk about the name of Jesus this morning. I want to talk about how Jesus, how he gained the authority and now has made it available for you and I. We want to talk about that this morning. How he has won the authority for you and I. So first of all, Adam's sin caused mankind to lose their authority. Adam's sin allowed mankind to lose their authority. See, when God created Adam, he gave him authority to rule and reign in this world. But when he sinned, he lost it. And it went over to the enemy. And what happens is, this is why there is sickness. Church, listen to me. This is why there is sickness. This is why there is death and destruction and pain and suffering because man sinned and turned authority over to the enemy. But God. But God. God, because of his great mercy and grace, could not leave us alone in that sin. We are never alone. He desires for us to have a relationship and fellowship with him. He desired for us to then have that authority brought back to us in this world so we then can have authority over Satan. So how did this happen? God sent his son Jesus to take back the authority. He sent his son Jesus to take back the authority. In Romans 5.17 it says this, For if by the one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more, much more, those who receive abundance of grace... And the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Through the one, the light of the world, Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus was born of a virgin. And we talk about this at Christmas. We like can't get our heads wrapped around this. I can't. It's supernatural. It's amazing. But if you start doing some research, I did a little bit of research uh, and not a ton, but how many of you ever read the, like, the Case for Christ? Anybody have read that book? If you haven't read it, I suggest you read it or watch the movie. It's kind of the cliff notes of the, of the book. It does actually a pretty good job. This holiday season, you should watch Case for Christ. But as I'm doing research, I am finding out I love statistics, okay? You guys know this about me already. Engineer background, spreadsheet statistics. Well, do you know the probability that a person, a man, 
could fulfill just eight. Not like 40 of the prophecies, eight of them. And let's leave out the, you know, born of a virgin. Let's just put that aside just for a second. Just eight of them. Like, you know, from Nazareth, born in Bethlehem, all all these things. Just eight of them. It is, this is the probability for those mathematicians, one times ten to the seventeenth. That's one in a hundred quadrillion. That's like bigger than our national debt. Okay, it's a big number. The probability, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable that men of God, hundreds of years before Jesus came to earth, wrote about what was going to happen. Different men from different areas at different times. Are you kidding? Are you kidding? And I think in our minds, I'm, I'm telling you, church, the enemy has put up blocks in our minds, in people's minds, that this is, oh, well, you know, I'm not sure that this is true. Okay. Go look at it. Go study for yourself. I just am blown away. Because I love statistics. I'm one times ten to the 17th. Are you kidding me? This is, it's not probable. It's not possible. But God, because he loved us so much, And he cared about you and I so much that he would defy the laws of statistics. He would defy the laws of creation, of procreating between a man and a woman, and bring Jesus Christ to earth. Church, if that doesn't make us want to shout and celebrate, I'm not sure what's going to. He brought his son, his one and only son, to earth for you and for me. This is what's happening at Christmas. And we get so wrapped up with, gosh, i got to stay away from Peach Street. I can't stand the traffic. <laughs> this is what I think about all the time. Liz is like, can we, just, can we go out and do some shopping? I was like, oh, thank you, Lord, for Amazon. <laughs> I can avoid Peach Street. Jeff Bezos, thank you. You are my friend at Christmas. But we lose all, and then we sit at home and just stare on the computer and we start ordering stuff. And we just, we begin to lose everything about what Christmas is about. We give gifts at Christmas to show God's love to others. This is why we give gifts. Not because we want to, you know, our kids to smile and be happy. We do, but why? To show God's love. The joy and happiness on a kid's face at Christmas morning, for most kids, on Christmas morning... When they get what they want and they open it up, what's the expression on their face? Oh my goodness. Could we, church, have that expression this Christmas? Because we got what we want. We got what we need. We did not get what we deserve. We got Jesus Christ. So let us rejoice and be glad. Let us worship him. Yes? Man, I'm excited for Jesus. So Jesus then began his ministry. He was born... He came to earth. He began his ministry at age 30 or so, depending on which history book you read. He was baptized, this is important, by the Spirit of God, and it descended upon him. Do you know, church, that Jesus was as much as a man as you and I on this earth? As much as a man as you and I while he was on this earth. Now, he was fully God and he was fully man, but he did not operate as fully God when he was on this earth. 
He operated as fully man, completely baptized by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. We get a chance to do that as well. That is what this is, He has given us this opportunity to be filled with the Holy Spirit, completely filled up that we actually can't sin. Now, this is not possible yet for me, but it's, this is something we all are working on. This is the process of sanctification as we continue to grow and grow and grow. Thank you, Lord, that sin can be broken in my life. Church, I don't know if you know it, but I yell at my kids. Yes. Yes, this happens in the Ackerman household. Like, Whoa, Pastor Jason? No. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Jesus, for forgiveness of sins. Amen? We all have struggles. We all have challenges. But Jesus can free us from all of those. And we have authority to take the power of sin and break it in our lives. That authority belongs to us and we can do it because of his power, who he is. Amen? The Bible says, a voice thundered from heaven saying, this is my beloved son who I am well pleased. Only after being baptized by the Holy Spirit, now Jesus began to fully operate in his authority. He was operating as a man and fully God, but he operated under the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus was tempted. How many of you get tempted every once in a while? Oh, man. Maybe all the time sometimes, yeah? A lot? Man, I love football. I love watching football, but I am a firm believer of the DVR. I'm serious. I'm a firm believer of recording those games and fast-forwarding through the commercials and the junk that the world is trying to put into my home. The enemy is trying to infiltrate our homes. And men, I'm talking to you this morning. Take authority over your home and say no more. Don't let your kids watch the TV by themselves in the other room. You have no idea what they're seeing. No idea what's being put in front of them. Stop. And you still want to watch football? Then use the DVR and watch it with your kids. Or whatever you watch. We watch football. We can be tempted. That's what I was saying. We, can be te- we are tempted by the enemy. But what did Jesus do when he was tempted? Now, he was fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. Now, I can tell you what. If I fasted, as my wife can attest, for less than 40 hours, for 40 minutes, I become hangry. Okay, this is a new word, hangry, maybe some of you have heard this before. This is hungry and angry put together, I become hangry. Okay, this is my flesh overtaking my spiritual person. I become hangry, and then I'm tempted, and I get, okay? But Jesus was doing this for, again, fully man, back to that, but because of the Holy Spirit's power in his life, even when he was probably pretty hangry, After 40 days and 40 nights, what did he do? He was not fallen into sin. He was was tempted, but he won the victory. And how did he win the victory? Using the word of God. That word of God has to be on the inside of us. 
has to be deep on the inside of us. So when we're hangry, when we're fearing, when we're struggling, when we're worrying, bam, the word of God. Those thoughts are not from you, Heavenly Father. I take them captive and I cast them down in the name of Jesus. This is the opportunity we have. This is what we can do as believers. During the next couple years of Jesus' ministry, he began to exercise his authority through that Holy Spirit. What kind of authority? To heal? To deliver the oppressed? To raise the dead? To help those in need? Verse after verse after verse after verse, Jesus used his authority. His authority to teach. He taught them, it says in Matthew 7. He taught them as one having authority. He now has authority. We now have authority. With his authority, he cast out demons. Church, we can cast out the enemy. We can cast out demons. Yes, it's true. We can do it. You can do it. By what? Using the name of Jesus. Because I'm walking through. This is what the name of Jesus now means. This is what he's done. This is what he's modeled for us. He used his authority to heal the nobleman's son in John 4. Jesus spoke with authority to the spirit of infirmity. Go, in Jesus' name. He maintained his authority by staying in prayer and in constant fellowship with the Father. How can you and I maintain this continuous authority in our lives? Through constant prayer and fellowship with the Father. Jesus is light. Sin is darkness. Light and darkness cannot be in the same place. Church, light and darkness cannot be in the same place. I'm going to say it again. Light and darkness cannot be in the same place. So if Jesus is light, if Jesus is in our, in our life, then darkness has to flee. Just like the Incredibles illustration from earlier. It has to go. It's got to go. Jesus knew it was God's will to heal the sick to loose the bound by sin and bring peace to people. You see, Jesus knew the will of the Father. Because guess what? We can't wrap our heads around time, but Jesus was from the beginning, and he was with God from the beginning. The Bible says that. So he has a pretty good idea of the Father. Does he not? He has to. A pretty good idea of the Father. He was there for a long time. So guess what? Jesus died, and then he rose again, defeating death. Thus defeating the power of Satan. Isaiah 53 says, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgressions. My sins, your sins, all of our sins, on the cross, took the pain, took the shame, took everything for you and me. All of it. He was bruised for our iniquities, The chastisement of our peace was upon him. Peace we can have today was because of what he did 2,000 years ago. And by his stripes, guess what, church? We are healed. We are healed. It was done on the cross. As he rose from the grave three days later, it was finished, truly finished then. Satan's ability to have authority over our life was finished when he rose again. Over. So here's what the Bible says. In Revelation 1.18 it says, okay, so what does this all mean? 
Revelation 1.18 says, I am he who lives, this is Jesus, and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. And I have the keys of Haiti and of death. He's got the keys, church. And when he comes back, he's going to take care of all of it. But until then, he's got the keys. But guess what, church? We're connected with Jesus. So guess who else has the keys? Raise your hand if you have the keys. Church, come on, raise your hand if you have the keys. you got to confess this this morning. You have the keys. And then he says in Matthew 28, 18, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. We pray all the time, God's will be done on heaven as it, on earth as it is in heaven. Think about that. God's will be done on this earth as it is in heaven? Who's sick in heaven? Who's fearing in heaven? Who has anxiety in heaven? Nobody. So that is God's will for us here on the church. In this earth, this is the church's responsibility to bring this heaven to earth. To show we have authority. We can have peace even when crazy things are going on. This is our opportunity. This is what we get to go do to share the light. What Jesus has done. So all authority was given to him. And then what does he say in Luke 10 verse 17? Then the 70 returned with joy saying, Even the demons are subject to us in your name. And Jesus says to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you. Us, I give you all authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. All of it. All the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt us. Church, nothing shall hurt us. Authority of Jesus Christ has been given to us through the power of the Holy Spirit, and now we have an amazing opportunity to use the name of Jesus in every situation. And I want to keep preaching on this over and over till the entire church gets it. It's the message for us. We want provision and harvest in 2019. Then we need to take authority of everything that's going to come against it. You think the enemy's just going to say, oh yeah, sure, well, you know, Paul and Jason, they're saying provision and harvest in 2019. Like he's just going to sit back and let that happen? You think you're not going to face any trials in 2019? Well, you will. But the authority of the name of Jesus. We speak the name of Jesus. And I want to walk you through a passage of scripture here. Because I'm telling you what, church. Jesus came for lots of things, but he came to heal. He came to heal. And I need you to get this revelation this morning. He came to heal our mortal bodies. Yes, he did. And he told us exactly how to do it, how to receive it, how to accept it, and what to do about it moving forward. Do you want to hear about that this morning? Okay, turn with me to John 14. I'm going to start in verse 7. John 14, verse 7. I talked a little bit about this on Wednesday night. This is important for us to get a hold of. And I had to do the backdrop or or set you up with who Jesus is, what he's done, and the authority we now have because of him, so that when we see we can use the name of Jesus, things happen. There are so many parallels in the Bible. The Lord has been talking to me about studying a parallel uh, between Mark 5, Luke 5, and John 5. I encourage you to read those three. Mark 5... Well, you just remember the fifth chapter of the last of the three Gospels. You can read Matthew 5 too if you want. 
But those three talk about God's will to heal. And it talks about how Jesus was on this earth. And when asked, he says, I only do what I've seen the Father do. And if Jesus has this relationship for whatever time we can wrap our heads around forever with God the Father, then we're pretty sure he knows God the Father really well. And if he comes to earth and says that it's, it's, it's my Father's will to heal you, then we've got to be pretty darn certain that is the true will of the Father. And that is what the Bible teaches us over and over. And if you read through those different things, you look that a person must be willing to receive their healing. And it's by faith that they can receive their healing. And I want you to start thinking and stirring up your faith for healing this morning. Because I want to pray for you if you have a physical need in your body. Because God is a healing God. And we're going to take authority over any type of infirmity and sickness in your body. And we're going to call it healed in the name of Jesus this morning. Okay? Let's do, we're going to do that. So let me start in verse 7. You guys there with me? John 14. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. Time out. Again. You know, if if you see Jesus and know Jesus and who he is, then you begin to know the Father. Let's talk about what Jesus' earthly ministry was. Did he bring sickness on anybody? Did he bring disease on anybody? Did he, like, reject people and say, I don't want nothing to do with you. You're a sinner. No, no, he didn't. He taught God's word. He had compassion. He cared. He loved. He healed people because of God's power. Again, fully man, church. He's operating as fully man, able to do these things. Verse 8, Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is sufficient for us. Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long, and yet you do not know me, Philip? Ouch. It's like, woo. Sometimes I hope, the, sometimes I feel like the Lord says that to me sometimes. It, church, anybody feel like sometimes he says that? Yeah? Like, you've been a Christian for 35 years, and you're questioning whether or not I want to do this in your life? Church, we do this. We fall in. We need to be transformed. Our minds transform day after day after day after day. Because we have these road paths of thought that have to break in Jesus' name. And every time something happens, we say, oh yeah, that must have been this. Oh, that's a punishment for my sin. Oh, that's this, that's this, that's this. We have to break those ways of thought. We have to break them in the name of Jesus. So sometimes I feel like God says that to me. Hello, do you know me, Jason? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak of my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the work. You see, the Father does the work through the power of the Holy Spirit. The power comes when we speak. God said, let there be light, and there was light. Over and over, Jesus said, your sins are forgiven. You're healed. He spoke it. He spoke it, and we need to speak it. The power has authority behind it. It's not us. It's from God the Father. Well, what did Jesus do? He healed. He brought peace. He loved. He encouraged. Verse 11, believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. People want to see. People want to understand. They want to know that God is real. 
And when we have a healing testimonies, it confirms over and over and over, God is real. When we see a man who was dead on the side of the road sitting right here at church, it says God is one who heals. He is on the throne, church. Verse 12, most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do, because I go to the Father. Church, Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, interceding on our behalf. And so when we say, in the name of Jesus, we're sending the request right up to the Father. Right up to the Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. Whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. And if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. We need healing in your life. Ask in the name of Jesus. He will do it. We need to strengthen our faith and believe that God is who he says he is and will do what he says he will do. We need to understand, church, that he will do what he says he will do. If you ask in anything in my name, I will do it. And then verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. It's it's like a transition. It's like, okay, I will do anything that you ask me in the name of Jesus. But, just time out, church. Let me just remind you of something. But keep my commandments. And so we get a supernatural healing, but it comes back and we say, well, what happened? I thought it was God's will to heal me. It is, but you're not walking in love. Or maybe you're walking in fear. It says, keep my commandments. There are things we have to do to continue to build our faith and continue to manifest the healing in our own life. You say, well, Pastor Jason, I can't do this on my own. That's okay. You don't have to do it on your own. Because look what the next verse begins to say. It says, and I pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth. And you say, well, I don't don't know what I need to do next, but the Holy Spirit is here to help you, to lead you, to guide you. I laughed and we joked about it on a Wednesday night and you're dealing with back pain and you're struggling over and over and over my back. I can't get a healing. Well, maybe you need to buy a new bed. Maybe the Holy Spirit has been leading you to get a new bed. Honestly, the Lord has so many ways that he can heal us through his Holy Spirit, through the supernatural indwelling and immediate healing. See, but I wasn't healed immediately. What's going on? What is the Holy Spirit telling you to go do? Because church, you are healed. And so how do you walk out that healing? Sometimes it doesn't happen immediately. Pastor was not raised immediately and completely healed. No, he had to be on a ventilator for a couple hours. He took a little rest. Sometimes you have to take a little rest. What is the Holy Spirit telling you to go do? Sometimes take a rest. But you see, we don't have to figure it out on our own. We must understand that he wants us healed. And sometimes it will happen immediately. It's happened in my life. Sometimes immediately it's happened. And other times it didn't happen immediately. But that doesn't mean it's not true. It doesn't mean the healing has not already taken place and it's just beginning to manifest in my life. And this is what he's saying here in this verse of scripture that sometimes we just keep the commands 
Ask the Lord, are there commands that I'm not following that you've asked me to go follow? And I need what? The Holy Spirit's help to begin to walk in love. To be able to walk and not fear anymore. To break that sin and addiction in my life. There are spirits of addiction that happen to people's lives, but they can be broken in the name of Jesus. New pathways of thought. New responses to situations can happen in Jesus' name. Church, you believe that this morning? Russ, if you could come back up. As I said before, I just want to lay hands on anybody who has a physical need in their body this morning. Because I hope this morning that God's word has truly been enlightened to you as it has been to me. That is his will to heal. And you may come up here and we may lay hands on you and you may have a supernatural healing that happens immediately. You may walk out of here and say, ah, my back still hurts. But throughout the week, you start to say, wow, my back is starting to feel a little bit better. Or maybe I'm having a digestion issue. And every time I eat certain foods, I just get sick all the time. And I can't eat anything without not feeling well. If that's you, I want you to come up because God is going to begin to do a supernatural miracle work in your body. But we have to believe that he wants to do that. We have to be open to receive that gift of healing that's available to us. And then church, you have to be open to say, Lord, what do you want me to do? Is there something you want me to change in my life? Do you want me to buy that bed? Do you want me to stop going over here? Stop doing this over there? What is it that I need to change in my life? And God, as promised, will move in your life. So church this morning, why don't we all stand with me, please? I wrote this down. It says, we are never alone. I think I heard that a little bit earlier. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. He has given us the Holy Spirit. We are never alone. So if you have a physical need in your body this morning, you say, I need God's supernatural touch on my physical being, I want you to come up here this morning. We're just going to take a few minutes. We want to lay hands on you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Church, God wants you healed. Mark eleven twenty two says this, So Jesus answered them and said, Have faith in God. Church, have faith in God. For assuredly I say to you, that whoever says to this mountain, Be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things that he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. So church, we're going to come around and we're going to lay hands and you're going to pray for God's supernatural healing. And all I want you to do is just receive it this morning. Just receive the beautiful gift of healing that Jesus paid the price for on Calvary 2,000 years ago. And verse 24, therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them.
Church, if you didn't come up this morning, I just ask that you stretch your hands out to those who need prayer, and we're going to pray for them. Pastor and Pam, could you start maybe on that side? And Liz, honey, can you come over here? And Russ is just going to play in the background or sing or whatever he's going to do. I don't know. But we're just going to pray for you guys. Oh, Heavenly Father, you are the God of miracles. You are moving in ways we cannot even fathom and understand. You are taking care of things we don't even know need taking care of. You are going out before us. You are paving a way. You are making a way. Father, thank you for your healing power this morning. Thank you for your healing power this morning. And Father, we just receive your healing touch this morning. We believe and we receive. And we walk it out in the name of Jesus. We worship you. We worship you. You are good. And you do good. We worship you this morning. Thank you, Father. In your precious, precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, as we were praying up here, a testimony came in from Facebook Live saying someone who was dealing with digestive problems was healed in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And I know there's many people who have had digestive issues that are healed this morning in the name of Jesus. And everything that came up here for prayer, every one of your prayers, God has heard them. Receive God's healing touch. And as you walk through it, I encourage you to go ahead and call the church number and just share a little good news with us this week. And let us know. And I'll try to share some of those testimonies next week. Sorry, Janie, the phone's going to be ringing. Hope you weren't planning a vacation this week. So small group leaders, come on up. If you need prayer for anything else, the small group leaders will be up here to pray with you. I just want to send you out with this benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Lord, make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen? Amen. You are dismissed. Have an amazing rest of the day. Thank you for being a part of today's Faith Communications broadcast of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. If you do not currently have a church home, you are invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock. Erie Christian Fellowship is located at 5900 Saratania Road, directly across from the Walnut Creek Middle School. You'll find us on the web at www.ecfchurch.org, where you may sign up to receive our monthly Faith Communications newsletter. Again, thanks for joining us today, and always remember 2 Corinthians 5-7 that declares, For we walk by faith, not by sight.